surrender for the ego, this perceived sense of what we think we are. I'm me, I'm you, I'm Johnny, I'm Donald, I'm Bob, I'm Susie. For the ego, surrender is a death. Surrender is a death in its scale because it requires letting go of our sense of who I think I am, our belief structure, our belief system, our identity. So for the ego, surrender can seem a little scary in moments. Mm. And that's why we re- that's why we resist it. Born in 92 on the block with the sharks, come from a different cloth, y'all would get ripped apart. You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark. We dropping nuggets like Carmelo went to rock a bar. Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate. I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith. I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact. Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt. Welcome to the show, everyone. Episode number 233 with your host, Matt Labrie, right here on the Decoding Success Podcast. This episode right here is dedicated to all the individuals, including myself, that want to live their life with more ease, with more flow, more joy, less attachment. That process is called surrender. This episode right here is an absolute masterclass on the process of surrendering. Now, there's numerous steps within that process, and everything is going to be broken down within this episode, but I'm going to give you this right here. There is a secret step, a secret step that most people skip over. It's probably the most difficult step, but it's the most important one. And like I said, most people skip over this, including myself. Luckily, today, we're joined by Coot Blackson, a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He speaks at countless events he organizes around the world, as well as outside events, including A-Fest, Young President's Organization, Entrepreneur's Organization, amongst many others. He's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, which is a select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in the personal development industry. He's the winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award, and Coot is widely considered a next-generation leader in the field of personal development. His mission is simple to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. And that is exactly what he's helping us do here today. There's a reason you're tuned into this right now, and I've said this over the past few episodes. That reason is because you need to hear something within this episode, and you want to know what? Being that you need to hear it, I guarantee someone in your life needs to hear it. So I'm urging you to share this. And on top of that, on top of sharing this episode, Once it clicks, once that light bulb goes off, make sure you share it. But on top of that, I'm urging you to subscribe to the show if you haven't yet. Hit that pretty little subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button so you are notified each and every Wednesday when our episodes go live. And now without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Coot Blackson. Coot, welcome to the show, brother. Decoding success. Really excited to have you here. A lot to talk about, a lot to decode from your journey, your life, your work, so on and so forth. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Listen, Coot, I'm one of the types of people that jump right in. (laughs) I jump right in. Let's go right into this. The word surrender. And you have a book out. We're going to talk about that uh, paperback coming out in just a few weeks here. I want to dive into that word surrender. Now, what have you had to surrender in your life? Let's start there. I've had to surrender everything, honestly, in so many ways. With the exception of my life itself, physically, right? You know, I've had to surrender my relationship with my father. I've had to surrender my mother who died. I've had to surrender some of the greatest loves of my life with women I thought I was going to marry and I couldn't imagine being without, you know. Mm. And I've had to surrender my business. I've had to surrender, I mean, just surrender where I I came from, you know, because we have to get smuggled out. When I was a young kid out of the country I was born, Ghana, surrender where I grew up. I mean, the list goes on. You know, the question is more like, what haven't I surrendered? I had to surrender my own identity of who I think I am, my own sort of attachment to my ego, to looking good, to my patterns, to my fears. And there been so many things to surrender. And I think life is a process of surrender for us as human beings, you know, every moment. Like, if you are alive as a human, if you are a human in this, this sort of human experience, you have to surrender whether you want to or not. And even if you've never heard of the word surrender, you haven't cared about the word surrender, you're not sure if you can surrender, whatever you think about surrender, we are all in a process of surrender. Life is the process of surrender from the moment you're born 
you start aging, you hit 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, you know, your hair changes, hair falls out, body changes. That's a process of surrender. And so it's not about if you surrender, it's about how will you participate in the process of surrender that is happening every single moment. And surrender is hardwired into our physiology. To me, that is life's way of reminding us the nature of reality. What do you mean hardwired? It's enough. You breathe in, you have to breathe out. You, you breathe. You can't just breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. At some point, you have to surrender. And that exhale is, to me, life reminding us of, like, look, surrender is a letting go. Surrender is a letting go. And so, yeah, you know, one last thing I'll say is we have this idea in our culture, and this is what I want to change for the new generation. There's an idea in our culture that if that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender is, you know, for the weak ones, that if you surrender, you won't manifest your goals, your dreams, your desires, you're going to be left behind, you're going to be a doormat, you won't be able to create your dreams, you have to hustle, you have to, got to make it happen, you got to push it, you got to force it, you got to like, go for the kill. And I'm not saying that's not great. But what I'm saying is, look, to me, surrender is the most powerful thing that you can do. Surrender is the most dynamic thing that you can do. Surrender is the password for freedom, the password to your next level. Surrender is the key to greatness. Surrender is the most powerful thing you can do. And what I'm really saying is, if you surrender, what if you didn't get less? You didn't get less, but you got more, more than you could even imagine for yourself, more than you could even create with your mind, more than you could even write in your journal, more than you could have even fathomed with your own limited mental capacity. What if you got more? All of the, if, I mean, if folks like, well, I don't want to surrender, I still don't believe you. Look at the freaking great ones. Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, not convinced. Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, Bob Marley, David Bowie, you know, not convinced. Mandela, Martin Luther King, you know, Mother Teresa. These were no weak people. They weren't just little mouse, mouses in the corner. They lived life bold. They moved the world. They shook the world. I mean, they, they impacted generations to come. That's the power of surrender. So just to be clear, as we start the conversation, I don't want anyone to think, ah, I don't want to hear about surrender in this conversation. So let me, let's talk about making money. Let's, it's great. But I believe the more you surrender, the more money you can make. You're not believing me? The richest freaking man in the world, Elon Musk, 327. I don't even know if he's worth a trillion dollars yet. But the richest man in the world, practice surrender. Like, what do you mean? He's not spiritual. No. Sold PayPal. Took that money. Felt a calling. Maybe he wasn't conscious. Maybe he's not spiritual. But this is what I'm saying. Surrender is the key. Took the PayPal money. Gambled everything. Everything. Why? Because he felt the calling in his soul. This is what I have to do. This is what I'm guided to do. This is the problem I can solve. Took the PayPal money. Started Tesla. Took the PayPal money. Started SpaceX. Risked everything. And if it didn't work, would have been broke. That is surrender. The willingness to follow your soul. The willingness to follow that deeper knowing in your heart, the authentic desire, not your ego desire, but your authentic, authentic desire. Now, I'm not saying everyone's going to be rich like Elon Musk, but he lived surrender and for many years could have gone out of business. That's an example of someone surrendering, even in the business world. So surrender is to let go of control, surrender or the, the illusion of control that we think that we have, but we really don't have because control is the master addiction. 2020, we all thought we were in control, but we weren't in control of a thing, really. The life, life has its own intelligence. And so it's to let go of control, the idea of control. Surrender is to stop trying to force life to fit your little idea of how you think it should be, you know? Surrender is to be open and available. Surrender is to stop trying to is to give up the idea of who you think you should be and the idea of how you think your life should be so that you can really be open, truly open to who you're meant to be, who, what your soul is meant to be, the life you're meant to be living, not the life your parents thought you, you should be living, that you've been conditioned to live by society and media and social media. What is the true authentic expression of yourself? So the old paradigm is all about, I call it the ego-based paradigm for living, which is all about how can I get what I want? And what do you want? What do I want? So we set our goals by asking ourselves, what do I want? And I say, you might get everything you thought you wanted only to be dissatisfied. You might get everything you thought you wanted only to realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. 
And often the goals and dreams and desires that we set are often can be, shall we say, projections of unmet needs from our childhood. That wasn't there. You felt not enough. You know, you were bullied. You felt insecure. So if I could just have enough followers, make enough money, have that body, et cetera, be famous, then I'm going to be okay and enough. And it never fulfills. So that's the limitation of the ego-based model. Often what we're striving for in the life we're living and our goals aren't necessarily authentic for us. And that's why many of us, we achieve a success, a level of, of success, and we're like, is this it? It's still depressing. So surrender really is a shift in paradigm. It's a shift in way of thinking. It's a deeper, more expansive way of thinking that opens you up to infinite possibilities by asking a different question. What is it that life, God, life, the universe, your soul, whatever label you want to put on it, I don't care. What is it that life is seeking to express to me? What is it that life is seeking to manifest to me? What is it that life is seeking to podcast through me and write through me and create through me and business through me? And listening to that, like Elon Musk must have, when he felt this internal nudging inside of himself, listen to that deep, authentic truth within yourself, align with that, align with that, then you can move into action, but from alignment, then you can make a plan and a strategy and marketing, but what you are doing and where you're acting from and how you're going about it is aligned with your authentic nature to me. This is surrender. I love this. Very, very deep way to start this off. A ton of questions based off of that as well. (laughs) I actually want to start off with getting clear on something I believe you said, and I may have misinterpreted it, which is exactly why I'm asking. You, or to me at least, it sounded like surrender happens with or without us. So for example, you, and the reason I interpreted that was because you mentioned how, you know, for instance, we grow old, we lose hair, our hair turns gray, we age. You said that was almost like that, that is surrender in a sense. So is surrender happening with or without our so, cooperation? So, so, so life is the process of surrender. Okay. You can surrender now. You can surrender tomorrow. You can surrender when you're 50. But when you take your last breath and you die, you will have to surrender. There's no freaking way out of this experience of life right? We're all going to go. Death is another, you could say, an ultimate surrender. So why wait to that moment where we're so resisting everything? I'm going to get old. I don't want to get hard. It's just like, accept it, accept it. And so it's not about if, it's about how are we going to participate in the process of life that's happening? How are we going to participate in it? We're going to get older and get wrinkles. Does that mean we don't do anything? No, you take care of yourself, you eat healthy, you use you know, creams and what have you. But this is the nature of being human. And so surrender is happening. And how we participate with that is going to determine whether we flow or whether we resist and experience more suffering. Suffering usually arises when we resist what is arising. Suffering usually, we we suffer when we tend to resist the nature of reality that's happening. So for instance, In any moment of suffering, if you check yourself in a moment of suffering, there will be something like this belief. The experience that I'm having is not the experience I should be having. I should be having some other experience right now. I'm in traffic, but I shouldn't be in traffic. And why is the four or five freeway this one? It's suffering, instant suffering. So surrender, for instance, doesn't mean you sit there and do nothing, but it's a willingness to say, okay, let me accept that I'm in traffic. I can scream about it. I can beat the windshield. I can flip someone off in traffic. I can complain and scream at God. I can, you know, scream at my wife on the phone, but it's not going to change the traffic. The traffic is the traffic. So I can feel like a victim or I can accept it, surrender to it, and fully participate in the process of the experience that's happening. What can I do? Maybe it means making a phone call to your mom and connecting with her and having a beautiful conversation while you're stuck 30 minutes in traffic. Maybe it means listening to this podcast and learning and evolving yourself. Maybe it means just fill in the blank. So, So the question becomes, when you surrender, that actually frees you from resisting, that then it starts to empower you to be able to choose your response and a different choice that is more empowering in the moment. But when you're in resistance, you're disempowered. You're not resourceful. You're stuck. You're not seeing clearly because you're like, no, this shouldn't be happening. 
But it is happening. But it shouldn't be happening. But it is happening. And no matter how much we resist, it's happening. It's raining outside. But it shouldn't be raining outside. But it is. When you can accept reality and surrender to it, then you can participate with it. Then you can dance with it. Then you can start making the best and creating your reality from the choices you make. We all, to a degree, create our reality. Now, that doesn't mean you create your reality by, oh, I'm going to create my reality and manifest a floating spaceship in the sky. That doesn't mean what we <laughs> create your reality. That's sometimes what sort of manifestation techniques try, try to sell us. You manifest every, no, you manifest the spaceship in the sky. It's not happening, right? But we all create a reality in the sense of how we choose to see something, the meaning we choose to give our experience, and through how we choose to respond and how we choose to show up, each moment begins to determine the reality that we experience. And so that, to me, is freedom. And that is what's in our control. So surrender is also the willingness to acknowledge and accept and understand what's in my control and what's not in my control. The government ain't in your control. President ain't in your control. Your, your wife, your kids, I mean, for the most part, they're not even in your control. I mean, a, right. a small level of control, right? So part of surrender is the willingness to accept what's in con my control and what's not in my control. And let me focus on what's in my control and learn along the way. So, so, so hopefully that answers your question. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I want to talk about the misconceptions of surrendering, right? Why did that shift? And maybe it hasn't, and, and it's beginning to now, but why has, you know, surrender not been sexy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like because, okay, a couple of reasons. We're going to go deeper. We're going to start from the beginning. One reason is, you know, typically it's taught by monks in robes, right? That, okay. that live in monasteries in the middle of India with, you know, no relation. You've got to surrender. No relationship, no car, no house, no money, sitting on a cushion. It's like shit, I don't want that, <laughs> you know? Right. So, so on some level, what they're saying is true. What they're saying is real. What they're saying is the nature of life. But it's not always exciting when you think of, wow, if that's the result of surrender, then I don't know if I want to live in the Himalayas for the rest of my life and not have any money and not have a bank account and wear robes. So, so that is part of the framework and the paradigm that I think has to shift. It's like, I want to show people that you can live life. You can fall in love. You can, you know, have an amazing, beautiful, I'm actually saying by surrendering, the life you end up living is not limited to your imagination. When you surrender, the life and your dreams and your goals and your desires won't be limited to, see, because when we set goals, we're like, okay, what do I want? But we don't ask ourselves, the I that is deciding and setting these goals, is part of an identity that was created from childhood. That I that is setting those goals is based on the past, past experiences, parents, stories, what we've seen and experienced. So the goals and the vision that we set to a degree is still going to be inside of a realm of limitation. That's the thing. Because our ego, the perceived sense of self and identity that we think ourselves to be, is not able to see the infinite possibilities of life, is not able to see the entire picture of what's unfolding. It can only see a small piece of, this is what I want. This is what has to happen. This person is the one, and I have to be with them, and they're my soulmate. Well, maybe they're not, you see? because so, so the identity and the ego through which we often live life is in and of itself quite limited. It's quite limited. And so look at Mandela as an example. I'm sure he didn't plan to spend 26 years in prison, 27 years in prison. It, it, that was probably not his life, you know, on his goal list. Yes, well, I spent 27 years in prison and then I'm going to be Mandela. No, but life had a different intelligence. You know, that was part of his necessary journey and his unfolding. And maybe that 27 years in prison, you know, ripened the consciousness of the collective humanity to his cause. Maybe that 27 years in prison gave him the opportunity to think, to meditate, to reflect, to really deepen his soul so that he could be ready and prepared to serve the world and have the level of impact that he was going to have, that it couldn't have been done any other way. But maybe what would happen if he didn't spend that time in prison? Would it have been better that he spent one year in prison or didn't go in prison? Maybe for the ego. 
but not necessarily for the soul. And so sometimes we have to sort of look through a different lens because what can sometimes be great for the ego is not necessarily in alignment with what, what our soul truly, truly needs, you know? And so surrender can sometimes be not sexy or even scary to our ego, who we think we are, right? For a couple of reasons. Surrender for the ego, this perceived sense of what we think we are. I'm me, I'm you, I'm Johnny, I'm Donald, I'm Bob, I'm Susie. For the ego, surrender is a death. Surrender is a death and it's scary because it requires letting go of our sense of who I think I am, our belief structure, our belief system, our identity. So for the ego, surrender can seem a little scary in moments. Mm. And that's why, we re- that's why we resist it, you know? That's why we, because, okay, let me just break it down into a couple of phases because I think this, this map might help folks. The first phase is we just live life how we're living life. We're born, our parents condition us, we live life. I call it we're either in denial, we're either unconscious or we're in denial. We just don't know what we don't know. And we're just living life, doing what we're doing. In this phase, we're living life based on our own egoic identity. So we're born as free beings. We're born these little children in touch with the infinite intelligence, the nature of life. We're like, you look into a baby's eyes, they're not freaking conditioned to know what's good and what's bad and this person's good. It's, they're just a ball of love, right? But we're born that we meet our parents. Our parents, they're just doing the best that they can do based on their childhood and their history. And some of them are a little, you know, crazy. They're little, but they're doing the best that they can do. So we're born into this framework that is sometimes toxic. Maybe there's pain, maybe there's trauma, maybe there's divorce, right? Maybe there's abandonment, maybe someone's an alcoholic, there's mental illness. And so two things happen that starts to formate and create our egoic identity. The first thing is, as a children, we start to shut down, disconnect, and learn all sorts of defense mechanisms to not feel the pain of what's going on around us. It's too painful when I see mom and dad fight. So I start to shut down, disconnect, and not feel, numb my emotions, numb my heart, suppress my pain, suppress my emotion. And before you know it, layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of unprocessed feeling and defense mechanisms start to become, to build inside of us that we we're not in touch with, but we begin to think, ah, this way of being, this defense survival mechanism is who I am. And so we've lost touch with a part of ourselves. Then we start going into the world, the sense of what, who do I need to be in order to get love from mom and dad and granddad and life and those around. So we start to develop a role. We start to develop a persona. We start to develop all sorts of masks, a way of being to get love, validation, approval. Avoid pain, love, validation, approval. We become contorted into a certain shape of a person. All of a sudden, we're this bright being, and then we start getting contorted into a shape, and this becomes our identity. This becomes who we think we are. I'm just this way. I'm just this way. I'm just independent. I'm just, you know, fill in the blank. I'm just shy. I'm just quiet. But really, we have to question, well, who am I? That was the question I asked earlier. Is who you are who you really are, or is it who you've been conditioned to be? The degree to which we are conditioned, the most of us are conditioned, but we're not conscious and aware. So we're living out the programming and conditioning from our childhood in our life, in our relationships. And so the degree to which we're conditioned is the degree to which we don't have true choice. We're just living in reaction. We're living in reactivity. And now we become so identified with this character this formation of patterns that we have become. Coop, Susie, Johnny, this is me. And we become so identified with this me-ness that we think it's us. The character and the pattern that we've become is not who we really are. It's the conditioned pattern of what we've been shaped into to function and survive. It worked for us when we were five. It worked for us when we were 10. But now we live that our entire lives and wonder why we're not free, why we're not in flow, why we're not experiencing miracles and joy and abundance and synchronicity because we're living in this survival pattern. But because we become so identified with this version of ourselves, now when we say the word surrender, (laughs) letting go, right? Letting go of what's not aligned, letting go of the feelings, letting go of the emotions, letting go of who I think I am. For the ego that we've been sort of attached to, you can see why it's so terrifying. Mm. You can see why it's not sexy. 
Because it's like for the ego, which the ego's job is to preserve its identity, surrender is like, oh shit, let me avoid that like the plague. Because to surrender means I, the I that we think we are, which is false. I'm going to die and I don't want to die. And so we resist, we resist, we resist. So the first phase of our life, we're in denial or we're unconscious. Then maybe a couple of things happen. Someone leaves, we get heartbroken, right? We have a bankruptcy. We, we have an illness. Something happens, an event happens, something happens. Or maybe a moment of grace happens. You listen to this podcast, you read a book, something, and you begin to question. The next phase is you start questioning. Wait a second. Maybe life isn't this way. Maybe just because my parents taught, told me that, or religion told me that, or society told me that, or educational system told me that, or media told me that, maybe it's not the way I think it is. Maybe I'm not who I think I am. Maybe I don't really believe this about myself. Wait a second. So we start this process of questioning. That's scary for the ego. So then we resist. Then from resistance, we move into the next phase, which is we often start negotiating. Well, I know I need to let this go. <laughs> I know I need to let that go. I know this isn't quite right. I know I'm not, I know that's not who I am and I need to embrace being more and surrender to who I am. But, oh shit, if I let go, then how am I going to survive? How am I going to stay safe? How am I going to get love, validation, approval when this is how I've learned to do it my entire life? So we don't want to surrender because this is how I get my needs met, right? By being nice, by being kind, by taking care of everyone, fill in the blank. And so we start to, negotiate. Well, maybe I don't have to give that up and I can, maybe I don't have to give up the hamburger and the alcohol and the drugs and I can just like work out for five minutes a day and be healthy. We start negotiating. Maybe this relationship, I know it's not right, but maybe if I wait another 20 years, even though I've waited 20 years, maybe they'll change. And so we start the process of negotiating. Many times we end up negotiating our life away. And then we die. Don't negotiate your life away. Once, so, so practically speaking, to truly begin shifting in this phase, it requires the willingness to tell the truth. One of the ways we keep ourselves stuck are all the lies that we tell ourselves. We're constantly lying, lying about what we feel and who we are to preserve our ego's sense of self. And so we have to be willing if you want to make a shift. Ask yourself these questions. Number one, what lies am I telling myself? It takes a lot of courage to look at that. What lies am I telling myself? Number two, what am I pretending to not know? Because many times we pretend, like, I'm not sure. I don't know if this relationship is right. I don't know what my purpose is. When deep down, you know, we know. We know the truth, but we're often afraid of acknowledging the truth because we're afraid of the consequences. We're afraid of letting go. We're afraid of losing our sense of self. So we play this game of confusion because if I'm confused, I don't have to know. I don't have to take responsibility. I don't have to take action. I don't have to surrender. So what am I pretending to not know? Number three, what is the pain? What is it costing me? The lies that I'm telling myself, what is it costing me? And often you will feel pain. If you feel pain consistently in your life, it's usually a sign that you're lying to yourself. What we tend to do when we feel pain is we resist, we suppress, we drink it away, we sex it away, we drug it away, we shop it away, we work it away, we social media it away, whatever we need to do so we don't have to feel the pain. You know, sometimes we even meditate it away, spiritualize it away, plant medicine it away, just so we don't have to deal with the reality of the pain. Like, I'm in pain. Pain is a blessing. Pain is a signal. Pain is just feedback showing you something is not aligned. Something you're lying to yourself about. Something you need to listen to. So if you're willing to embrace the pain, look at the pain and use the pain as a signal, then you can begin to start telling the truth to yourself and course correcting. So we move from negotiation. So now we've negotiated. We realize no matter how much I negotiate, life isn't going to change. Then we move into acceptance. That's the next phase. Oh, okay. I got to accept what is. I talked about acceptance earlier. Got to accept what is. This is what it is. My wife, she ain't going to change. She's never going to change. This is what she is. Acceptance. Let me not be in love with her potential. This is what she is. Can I deal with that? No. Now we have a bit of a conflict, right? Now we have to deal with the reality. Acceptance. Most people stop at this level of acceptance. Acceptance is not surrender. It's not so, like you can be in acceptance 
but still be resisting a little bit. For instance, mm-hmm. it's raining outside, but I don't want it to be raining outside. And I'm pissed off it's raining outside and I'm mad that God is raining outside. And like, I sit at home, right? Really mad that it's raining outside and feeling like a victim, but I accept it's raining, but I'm mad. That's why it's not, that's why it's not surrender. Surrender is the authentic, open-hearted participation in the process of life. It's like, okay, it's raining outside. Well, let's go run outside, play outside. It's raining outside. Well, let's, let me invite my friends and family for a dinner at home so we can play together and connect together and you know, have quality time watching movies and playing, you know, having conversations around the, around the dinner table. Like This is surrender. It's the open-hearted hearted participation with the process of life that's happening. So between acceptance and surrender, here is the last key. There is a phase that most people miss, which is why we don't truly get into that surrender that I'm talking about. But I I haven't experienced the surrender because we miss the phase in the middle called grieving. We often don't allow ourselves to grieve because surrender is a death. Surrender is a letting go. Surrender is an acceptance. And when you're really surrendering, a relationship, the end of a relationship, the fact that someone's died, the fact that the fact that you are going from being a young person to a different phase of your life is something is dying. A part of you is dying. And to really let go so you can open to more, you have to be willing to grieve. And most people don't grieve because number one, we're afraid if I grieve, it will last forever. If I grieve, I'll never come back. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to grieve as a way of like, if I don't really grieve, I don't have to acknowledge that this is changing. So maybe I can still be in denial that this has happened, right? If I don't really grieve it, it hasn't really happened. If I don't really grieve the fact that my mother died, maybe she's not really dead in my mind somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And so sometimes we also don't allow ourselves to grieve as a spiritual bypass. Oh, I just want to be positive. The law of attraction, positivity, positivity, keep my vibration high. But we don't realize all feelings remain present until fully felt. And so unless we truly let ourselves feel the feelings and release the feelings, we carry that energy with us no matter where we go. And we tend to keep recreating situations that feed into the energy of emotion that we haven't felt. Grieving is key. Last thing I'll say about grieving is if you're having a hard time because perhaps you felt like, but I've grieved and I felt it and it doesn't leave. No feeling lasts forever. Whenever you truly feel a feeling authentically, it will dissolve. Grieving may not dissolve in one one moment. It may happen in stages. It may happen in layers. But if you're willing to do this, take the label off of the grief. Don't even call it grief. Because sometimes we have so many ideas about grief is bad and we're busy judging ourselves. Many times people think that they are feeling their feelings, like I'm telling people to do, feel your grief. But I'm feeling it and it doesn't go. Many times we think we're feeling our feelings, but we're thinking about our feelings. We're resisting our feelings. So take the label off of the grief. Simply experience the sensation, the sensation of the grief as an energy in your body. Not thinking about the grief, not analyzing the grief. Experience it without projection, judgment, resistance as a sensation in your body. And you will often find as you just be with it, without judgment, without resistance, surrendering, it will begin to dissolve. That layer will begin to dissolve. And then as you let go, then you start opening to more surrender. And as you start opening to more surrender, there's more flow, there's more joy, there's more lightness, there's more synchronicity. And that's the, that's the beauty. That is absolutely beautiful. I'm curious, and this might be an individualized question. I'm sure there's numerous factors about what I'm about to ask. I, I guess, you know, how big the ego could be, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But how long does this process actually take? And I'm sure for some people, it could potentially be instant on a decision or maybe drinking some ayahuasca. For some <laughs> other people, it could be, you know, like a lifelong thing. I'm curious, how long do you think surrender takes? I would say, you know, honestly, I think surrender is a process. Right. In a moment, an instant, but I think process, because the structure of the ego is quite, shall we say, resistant in, in its own way. You know, the ego structure has been created in a way to keep itself together. And so I think if we can surrender to the process, that surrender is a process then we can have another layer of surrender rather than trying to 
danger becomes, oh, I'm going to surrender in five minutes. And then we start controlling surrender. Because true surrender, truly letting go and surrendering, is what the mystics and the gurus and the teachers and enlightened beings have been talking about for generations and centuries. You know, the ultimate surrender is, let's just say, waking up to your true nature, enlightenment, so to speak. I don't want to say the dissolution of the ego, but the release from one's grip of the ego, waking up to your true self. And so it can take lifetimes if there's such a thing, you know, ultimately. But having some spaciousness and being in relationship with yourself and loosening the grip of your own identity and your own fears and your own... So you can be in a constant process of surrender just by start... I want to just break it down simply. Start by telling the truth, looking at where you're lying to yourself and begin by telling the truth. That can be a continual process because, okay, you told the truth a year ago, but do you still bullshit yourself today? <laughs> you, know, you told the truth five years ago, but are there ways in which you still bullshit yourself right now? Of course. And so surrender in that sense is a, is a continual process of being aware, being conscious, being, how do I feel? Your body will tell you. Hmm, not surrendering. Why? Because you, you might feel a knot. You might feel an intuition. You might feel something off in your gut. You might get a, an illness, a sickness in some way that is showing you. Wait a second. You're not surrendering. Or life stops flowing. You're not surrendering. Maybe you get sick. Life shows you. You're not surrendering. And so it's a process. Life. That's why I say life itself is a process of surrender. And that's why we're here. You know, I think as human beings, we're here to surrender we're here to, we incarnate into this human experience because there's lessons we're here to learn. And every situation and every relationship and every experience is part of the curriculum in this university of life to learn, to grow and evolve. And I think if we start seeing life as a, not just wake up, eat, use the toilet, go on vacation, have sex, make babies, buy a car, buy a house, and then die, like, what is the purpose of life? So for me, when we understand and surrender to the purpose of life is our evolution. And we evolve as we learn the lessons inherent in every situation. And that, I think, starts to bring us into relationship with, with ourselves, bring us into relationship, a deeper relationship with surrendering. Because even if you're in a difficult situation, someone might say, well, how the hell can I surrender to that? I'm not saying surrendering to that. I'm saying surrendering in that. But I'm in this situation as difficult, as even abusive. I'm not saying surrender to that. Surrender in that. How do you practice surrender in that difficult, challenging relationship or situation? Stop focusing just on the situation. So you may have to start by saying, I accept that this situation is toxic, is abusive. I accept that. Don't be in denial. Stop making excuses. It's toxic. It's abusive. It's not okay. Great. But the surrender becomes asking yourself, what is the lesson that my soul seeking to learn? What is the lesson that my soul is seeking to learn in this situation from this person? And what is this person showing me? Why did I attract this person? Why am I in relationship with this person? Don't just run away. There might be some situations you need to leave because it's your own safety. But if you're in a situation, you're like, I don't know. Why did I attract this person? What is my soul seeking to learn? What do I need to evolve through? Because life is a school. And all lessons are repeated until learned. And so if you just leave a situation, your job, a relationship, an experience, and you don't learn the lesson because you didn't surrender to learning the lesson, you'll just end up recreating that pattern, that dynamic with another person, another situation in another moment. And so when you really understand, okay, let me surrender. Let me surrender here and learn what I need to learn, grow and evolve. Then you begin to graduate the experience and then you can experience something differently and attract different people and situations in your life. And so surrender is, a, is the process of life. It's why we're here. You know? Right. Absolutely. I'm really curious. What are some simple ways to know if we're following our soul or our ego? Okay. A couple of simple ways. If you're always like, if you're in your mind, right? Figuring out, figuring out, figuring out, figuring out, figuring out. This is you're in your mind, you're in your ego, you're in your identity. Well, first, let me just back up and say, there's nothing wrong with ego. It's not bad. Let's just say that. We don't have to get rid of it. We don't have to annihilate it. I sure. don't want people to start try, trying to like beat it up and, and resist it because that creates more suffering. So just recognize that ego is a mechanism that was created very young to function and survive. Recognize that as human beings, we all have an ego. 
we all have an ego. Dalai Lama has an ego. If Dalai Lama didn't have an ego, you would say, hey, Dalai Lama, he wouldn't even turn around because he wouldn't know that he was the Dalai Lama. He would just sit there and you'd be like, Dalai Lama. And so we all have an ego. So ego isn't the enemy. The relationship, your relationship with the ego is the issue itself. Mm-hmm. So as you start realizing, okay, I'm not this collection of patterns and past and traumas and feelings and belief systems and ideas, that's not who I am. That's not my essence. That's not who I am. They're patterns that I've adopted in this lifetime. So the ego is really uh, the vehicle that you use, the vehicle that you use. And so often, if you're an ego, you're trying to figure everything out trying to analyze everything from the mind, but it's limited, right? The reason why, how you know is you make a decision. Okay, good, I'm going to do this. Two moments later, no, 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 I'm going to do that. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm going to do that. And then you, then you, then you ask your, your, your best friend, should I do this? They're like, do it. Like, okay, I'm going to do it. Then two minutes later, you ask someone else, don't do it. Okay, I won't do it. Then you ask a freaking psychic. And you just, it just never ends, the continual analysis in your mind. That's often a sign you're definitely an ego trying to figure stuff out. When you're constantly trying to force life, forcing things to be, you're pushing, you're forcing. Because life has a flow. If you're really living surrender, you'll start to feel life has, life has a flow. I'm sure you've had a moment. We've all had those moments where it just feels right. Yeah. It, it just feels, something just kind of, I'm not saying it was always easy, but it just felt like, I think, this is where, and so when we really start pushing and forcing, it's like the river has a flow. Sometimes that flow is very gentle. Sometimes you don't see that, that lake moving, but it's moving. And so part of the relationship is to begin to be still and feel, learn how to feel for the flow. Oh, this is where life is moving. This is where the river is moving. And then flow with that. Right. And so part of living in soul and, and surrender is allowing life to show you rather than figuring it all out. Allowing life to show you and reveal itself to you because life will show you. Life has been around for billions of years. You and I, 30, 40, 50, 60. Okay. Maybe someone listened to this conversation and you're 120 years old. Okay. That's cool. But life has been around for billions of years, man. 100 years old, billions of years. What do you want to trust, right? And so trusting this flow, trusting this intelligence, this is, yeah, this is living in flow. This is living soul. We trust Siri more than we trust our soul. We say, Siri, how do I get to turn left, turn right, turn? We don't even, do we question Siri? We don't question Siri. We turn left, we turn right. Maybe Siri's taking you off a bridge. We just keep driving. We don't question. But isn't it funny? Your soul says, write that book. You feel a nudging. Write that book. Doesn't make sense. I don't know. I've never, the mind goes crazy. How do we trust Siri more than we trust our soul? We just disconnected in a certain way. And so living aligned with soul, I say, stop questioning. Number two, you have to be willing to give up the need to know, and you have to be willing to embrace the unknown. The degree to which you embrace the unknown is the degree to which you can flow, the degree to which you'll be guided. You don't have to know where you're going to get to exactly where you need to be. I'm saying that there is an intelligence inside of you. There is something inside of you that knows. This intelligence that is beating your heart right now, this intelligence that is digesting your breakfast right now, this intelligence that is pumping blood through your veins. You and I, we're not sitting here going, oh shit, breathe, 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 breathe. It's just happening. There's an intelligence. Call it whatever you want. I don't even understand it. It's beyond sort of understanding, but there's an, in, there's an intelligence. It's beating your heart, my heart, Elon Musk, Musk's heart, Vladimir Putin's heart, Oprah's heart. You know, it's beating every single person's heart, like it or not. It's beating the, you know, it's functioning you, me, the stars, the cockroaches, the animals, the tigers in the savannah. It's functioning the, the trees, the sun, the moon. This intelligence is live. So living in soul is the willingness to say, let me trust that more. Let me flow with that. Let me allow that to show me and guide me more. And so I don't need to know everything. I don't need to understand. Because even when you, you think the ego thinks it knows everything, it doesn't. <laughs> How many times, right, have we thought we knew what something was? Oh, I know what this relationship is. I know what this is. 
and it turned out to be completely different. Completely yep. different. How many times have you thought you? How many times have you thought something went to shit? It was a failure. It wasn't going to work, and it turned out better than you could imagine. So we're not able to see the whole picture from the level of ego because the ego is conditioned and limited. You know, how many times perhaps those for those listening, maybe you've been in a relationship in the past. You're like, I met the one. This is the one. You're going to get married. You start seeing your babies. You start seeing living, being old together. You can't even imagine being with anyone else. And you break up. You're heartbroken. You're mad at God. You're mad at the opposite sex. You're mad at, you know, love and romance. You're like, I can't believe it. You got over it. Now, today, you look back, you think, thank God that didn't work out. (laughs) (laughs) But you couldn't imagine it at the time. And so we have to learn to trust this intelligence, you know. It's life. It's life. That doesn't mean you you sit on the couch and do nothing. That doesn't mean you sit there and you don't do your parts. Part of surrender is when you get in touch with the truth of what, what is true then you go into action. It might mean you work harder than you've ever worked for what's true, but you're working in alignment with life. To me, this is the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, I have you for a couple more minutes, Kut. I want to, first and foremost, let everyone know about what you have going on. Cool. Paperback for the book is coming out. Give us the information and let people know, you know, if they get the paper sure. book, what's going to happen from there. Yeah, the paperback is coming out uh, May 3rd, May 4th, I think it is, which I'm very excited about. Would love everyone to get the book. I'm doing a very special uh, live three-hour seminar virtually, so you can tune in from all around the world. It's called Reinvent Life. I'm going to be helping you reinvent yourself, reconnect with your truth and your power, find your purpose, and recreate yourself. I think life is a continual process of evolution. And so it's going to be a really life-changing seminar, three hours live with me and folks from all around the world. And so if you buy the paperback, you get to come to to the live event. We're going to dive deep, three hours of content, Q&A, and people can go to www.kootblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar, kootblackson.com forward slash reinvent seminar. I love that. I'm going to make sure just to add to that, I'm going to make sure that the link is in the show notes of this episode, just to keep it easy for everyone that's tuned into this, as well as socials, websites, all of that good stuff will be in the show notes as always. I'm going to try and squeeze one last question out of you here. Sure. This is a question I always end the show with. Uh, and oh. I'm, I, I mean, listen, you gave us, I'm, I, I can't even tell you, look how fucking filled up my notebook is. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm stacked over here. I'm going to ask you this. If you live to whatever year it is you want to live, however old you want to live, you write as many books as you want, you hop on as many podcasts as you want, but you could only be remembered for one thing, one piece of advice. Let me just be clear there. One piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be? As simple, man. Love now. That's the bottom line. Love, love now. now. What love does that now. mean, though? That's it. It means love now, not tomorrow, not next year, not ne- next lifetime, not when you're healed, not when you do therapy, not when you do ayahuasca, not when they, you get what you want. Love freaking now, this moment, because that's mm. all we have. Because here's the bottom line. We're all going to die. Yep. You, me, Bob Marley. Die. If Jesus died, you're going to die. If, if Buddha died, you're going to die. If Mother Teresa died, Mandela, we're going to die. And sure, we can biohack and we can, you know, cryo this and keep it. But we're going to die. That's the bottom line. It's part of the human experience. And the more we can surrender to that and just embrace that and accept that, this body will die. Your consciousness, beyond birth and death, that will live forever. And who knows what happens afterwards? So it's not a question. We're going to die. When you can embrace that and accept that and stop resisting that, it frees you up to start living life. And so many of us, and I've been there, we live like we're going to live forever. We hold back our gifts because we think we have time. We don't love fully and we hold grudges because we think we got time. And I'm not going to forgive my parents until they apologize to me. And then when they die, we regret it for the rest of our freaking lives. Mm. Bottom line, people in 9-11 had no idea they weren't coming home that day. Right now, as you and I talking, depending on people listening, Russia's bombing Ukraine. I'm sure the people in Ukraine may not have had an idea that they wouldn't be able to look at their loved ones in the eyes again and say, hey, I love you. I'm sorry. So I'm just simply saying, if there's something you want to do, do it. If something you want to say, say it. Like, why do we wait till someone dies to get them flowers? Why do we wait till someone dies to throw them a freaking party when they ha- don't have the tongue to even taste the food? Let's not wait. Let's celebrate everyone that we love now. So that if death came right now, would you be ready? And do the people in your life know how much you love them? Last thing I'll say is when I wrote the book, The Magic of Surrender, it was inspired by my mother who got stomach cancer and she passed away. That's what inspired the book. 
She showed me a lot about surrender. I write about this in the in the in the uh, forward, uh, in, in the pre prologue of the book. But when I I got to spend a year with my mother, I'd be with her flying from LA to London, uh, LA to London every month to be with her during her chemo sessions, and I'd been a uh, with her for about eight hours during her chemo session, just holding her hand and talking. And what turned out to be the worst year of my life turned out to be the best year of my life because I got to just sit with her, talk with her. And I realized I haven't spent five, six, seven hours with my mother since I was like 10 years old, 15 years old. And I thought, why the hell did I wait till she was dying to spend this time? Because I was busy because I thought I had tomorrow. There were so many, honestly, trips I wanted to take and things I wanted to do with her that I didn't do because I thought I had time. And the truth is, we don't. The only time we have is now. And so I would just say, stop waiting. The only regret I have in my life, maybe people can learn from me, or I, don't, I was going to say my mistake is not a mistake, it's just part of life, but people can learn from me. The only regret I have in my life, and I've done a lot of stuff, only regret I have is not spending more time with my mom. And so love now means now. You don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow doesn't exist. The only time you have is now. And I hope everyone listening to this conversation that you live a long life. But what is the point? See, I don't care how long I live. For me, I really don't care. I care how I live each moment. It's how I live, not how long I live. For me, that matters. Because what is the point? Living half loving. What's the point of living half halfway, half loving? That's not life. That is living right. dead. And so love now, everyone. Love now. I love that. Coot, once again, I'm going to make sure that all of links, books, socials, websites is in the show notes, expressing gratitude for all the wisdom you. you dropped on here today. Thank you for joining us, brother. Thanks for having me. You have just tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast, episode number 233 with our friend Coot Blackson. Now, with that being said, as mentioned earlier in this episode, this was an absolute masterclass on the process of surrender. Coot is actually giving a few things away here. He has an upcoming event that's totally free. You can find his socials, websites about the event, the new paperback that's coming out, all of that good stuff is in the show notes of this episode. But going back to what I was saying, this was an absolute masterclass in the process of surrender. There's a reason you're still listening to this episode right now. So I'm going to urge you, I'm going to urge you to make sure you are sharing this with the people in your life. If this resonated with you, and it clearly did because you're still listening to this voice, come through your headphones, come through your car speakers, come through your phone, however you're listening to it, there's a reason you are still listening. And maybe it's because you didn't hit the stop button yet, and that's fine. But beyond that, there is a deeper reason, and that is because it resonated. So I'm going to urge you to make sure you are sharing this episode. Until next time, we will be back next Wednesday. Make sure you subscribe to the show so that you are able to keep up and keep in touch with all of the powerful content and all of the powerful guests just like Coot Blackson that we are featuring here on Decoding Success. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.